Hi, I'm Kate All, host of the Empowered Agency podcast. This is the podcast for service providers, VAs, and agency owners looking to create their ideal agency. Each season is broken down into 10 episodes, 15 minutes or less every Sunday. Let's dive in. This is season seven, episode five, when and how to pivot. So in this, we're having an interview with one of our students, um, Julia, and we want to talk about her pivot over 2022 and 23 and all the things that have happened in her business journey. And what I'm hoping that this sparks in you is just some ideas for when you hit kind of some roadblocks or what I was telling Julia before we started is that it's kind of like a train. When we start our business, we have this train that's going down the track and we envision it to be this kind of one-way train and people are going to get on and off. That could be team members, that could be clients, but we're on one track. And all of a sudden, whether it's our world or maybe personal circumstances, the track comes to a split and a Y and some cars can go off on another one and some cars can stay on the original one. But there's this struggle when we hit that fork in the road of what do we do? How do we pivot? Where do we go? And I think having a front seat to what Julia has gone through over this last year made me think I really wanted to bring her story here to the podcast so that it could encourage some of you who maybe started with one idea about your business, but now you have a branch and you can explore that branch. And I know for me, in my, as I was kind of growing up in this industry, there was a lot of conversation about like, stay head down, don't pivot, don't move to these things. But I think with our weird economic times, we just don't really have that luxury anymore. So Julia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for letting me ask you questions about your story. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited because, you know, one of the things that we talked about at one of our recent mastermind meetings was just an opportunity for you to create a retainer model. So let's kind of start there and then we'll kind of explore other parts of your business. But tell me about that moment for you of thinking about this option of a retainer model. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my business it kind of has two sides. Um, it's SEO and Pinterest. And then most of my Pinterest clients were already in the retainer model because it was Pinterest management. So, you know, monthly management. But with SEO, I really focused on setting up the like foundations for my clients and kind of doing one-off projects. Um, and someone could come back to me and, you know, want some like long-term like content management and things like that. Um, <clears throat> but I was actually pretty resistant to doing some sort of SEO retainer specifically because in the SEO industry, um, SEO agencies get such a bad rap. Um, they charge like thousands of dollars every month and then don't do anything for their clients, um, which I've actually, I would say probably a third of my clients come to me after being like scammed from one of these companies. Yeah, it's like, it's really rampant. <laughs> um, so the SEO industry gets this horrible rap for, you know, charging thousands of dollars, locking clients into year-long contracts, you know, saying they're going to do these things every month and then not actually doing anything. Um, so I really wanted to kind of have a different model from those agencies um, and, you know, really focus on what I knew would serve my clients with their foundations. And um, I would always like, you know, uh, at the end of working on a project, give them, you know, videos for them to understand the data or, um, you know, keywords for their upcoming blog posts and things like that. But at the retreat that you mentioned, um, which was specifically for 
Pinterest agencies, <laughs> uh, you guys helped me come up with an SEO service um, because, yeah, 2023, as I'm sure a lot of the listeners know, has been a crazy year for business. Um, and mine has really fluctuated up and down. Uh, the Pinterest side of my business has definitely been struggling the most. Um, the SEO side has definitely dipped, but it's always been pretty steady. But we came up with this um, retainer service for the SEO side of my business um, just to basically offer support um, for my clients. Because you mentioned that I think your developer has kind of a similar model where he's kind of on call for things that might come up. And he has a set number of hours um, that you pay for each month. But he's not, I mean, he's not charging you thousands of dollars. (laughs) It's just more like an hourly model. Yeah. Um, But he's just, he was available to you um, if you needed something. So, you know, you were talking about how it kind of gave you that peace of mind to have someone there if, you know, something came up that you didn't know how to handle. Um, And I I had found with a lot of my clients that that came up a lot, especially when they would get emails from Google Search Console and they would forward to me and be freaking out about something that was most of the time, nothing to freak out about. (laughs) But I was already supplying all of this support for my past clients Um, and not, you know, getting any money from it. So you guys kind of helped me come up with a retainer model where um, they have a set number of hours, usually one or two per month, where um, I'm on, you know, on call basically for their website, where they can email me questions or forward me all those Google Search Console emails, um, or just, you know, we can set up calls to go over things. But that way they have that peace of mind, um, you know, knowing that I can take care of these SEO, you know, problems that might come up. Um, And yeah, I get a a monthly retainer from that. So I have some long-term clients. Mm. Which, you know, it's interesting as I'm listening to you talk, it's, you know, one of the things I think that came up for us when we were kind of troubleshooting this for you was that SEO is easier to put on this this type of retainer model. And I like that you distinguish like Pinterest marketing and management is a retainer model already. You're just doing the full management for them. Whereas this is more like a um, a catch-all of, yeah, the freak out emails that you get from Google Search Console. And then at the time too, we were talking a lot about the switch to G4 analytics. And so many people were getting these weird emails over and over and that your monthly fee not only provided a peace of mind that they had somewhere to go, but if they really needed someone to fix it, you were that person. And SEO lends to that more easily than Pinterest does. Like there really isn't an ideal way to create, uh, you can't create a mirror retainer model with Pinterest because, you know, unless somebody needs some help with images or things like that, but it would be a little bit more difficult than with SEO. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, SEO, there's so many different pieces, and it's a lot more technical. So if something comes up, and you don't want to break your website, (laughs) it's nice to have someone that you can, you know, go to to help with that. Yeah. So I'm curious, in this creation of this new type of model, was there any hesitation for you or any worry about whether or not you could do both? Or this was a split for you mentally? Yeah. Were there any hesitations that you had? Um, I don't think there was any hesitation with like, you know, not thinking I could, you know, do both. Um, I mean, especially at the time we were trying to come up with this, 
my business was fluctuating. Um, I also had, you know, a new baby. <laughs> um, so trying to kind of like build up my business again after maternity leave. So I don't think there was any hesitation with like not, you know, worrying that I couldn't handle this. I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not doing like 50 clients a month or, you know, a crazy number that, that would, you know, take up my entire time. Yeah, that helps for sure when it's not like overwhelming. Okay, so you start to do this and then you also branch out from there into creating another, you get even more niche, I guess, into creating another website type of service, but for a specific type of industry. Can you talk a little bit about that too? Yeah, so um, I like to get these crazy ideas that take a lot of my time. <laughs> I, I started a second business. So this one is in addition to my first one, um, Julia Renee Consulting, where I offer SEO and Pinterest for creative small businesses and service providers. Um, so my second business is called Homegrown Reach, um, where I offer SEO services for the agriculture and horticultural industries um, because I personally, you know, love going to farms and, you know, using CSAs and things like that. Um, and I was finding a lot of times I was having a hard time finding them online. Um, we like moved uh, last year, um, same area, but just a few miles away. Um, and I could not find a composting company near me at all, which is, I thought crazy. And of course I had to like go into Facebook groups to find them. And so I found this big need <laughs> for helping these businesses rank higher on Google for, you know, the types of people like me who are searching for them and then, you know, can't find them anywhere. Right. Okay. So, which is awesome. I mean, when we saw the web, the website too is beautiful and it's, I think it, it hits on that. It speaks exactly to who you're talking to, right? These are these people who care about farms. They care about, you've connected the visual component with the technical component, which I think sometimes people who are overly technical forget the visual. But I think with your history with Pinterest, it's you were able to connect those dots there, which is great. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about like, you know, I used that analogy in the beginning with the train going down the track and you start your business and it's in the Pinterest agency space and you're you're going there. Have you wrestled at all with this idea of what you're doing now doesn't look like what you did before? Or did you hold loosely to your growth journey and kind of, I guess, allow it to ebb and flow and go where it needed to go? Talk to me about like the how you've kind of navigated that. Yeah, I don't think I've really had much resistance to pivoting, um, especially since when I first started my business, I was pivoting all over the place. <laughs> so I'm kind of used to that. I'm not the person who like started their business with one, you know, set goal in mind or anything like that. I was definitely floundering all over the place. Um, so I'm definitely have a history of pivoting. So I was, you know, more used to that. Um, and I think one resistance I may have is... Um, with having the retainer service, just kind of feeling like m most of the work I was doing was with SEO um, because I obviously love doing SEO, but I also like doing Pinterest um, because it kind of taps into that more creative side. Whereas SEO is a lot of technical and, you know, same tasks over and over and getting the same Google search console emails over and over um, so I think that was probably the only kind of resistance I have is I still definitely want to, you know, focus on Pinterest and get more Pinterest clients. Um, but I didn't want to solely focus on SEO. Right. 
So if somebody else is listening and they are struggling, maybe they have had the experience where as a lot a lot of us have, even me, losing Pinterest clients because in 2223 everybody felt their cash supply really going low and one of the first things they can cut is marketing or things they think they don't need. Whereas for a lot of our clients we look and we say Pinterest is your highest traffic driver. Why would you cut that? But during a time when people are freaking out, they make all kinds of decisions. And so seeing Pinterest clients dwindle for a lot of people, I know those listening, even if they're not in the Pinterest space, but just in general, their client list is going down. What would you tell somebody who is considering adding another service or pivoting to something new or just in general being in that place of, I don't know what's next. And I am I think people can either be worried that they're going to make the wrong decision or they don't even know what decision to make. So what, I guess, experience shares or thoughts would you give somebody who's who's really wrestling with that today? Yeah, I mean, it, I'm obviously definitely thankful to have two sides of my business because the SEO side is what is keeping my business afloat. If I was only focusing on Pinterest right now, um, I would definitely be struggling a lot more. So I think it is, you know, helpful to be able to offer a different type of service um, if that's something that you, you know, kind of have experience in. Um, and I would definitely try to find something that there is a need for um, because SEO is definitely something that people don't want to do themselves most of the time. Uh, so trying to find something that you know you can offer, also something that you could offer to your current or past Pinterest clients that they might, you know, uh, benefit from. Because I do have a lot of overlap with my SEO and Pinterest clients because they're both search engines and they people just don't want to have to, you know, have to learn a new platform like that. They prefer to stick on, you know, Instagram or something like that. So trying to find something that would, you know, there's a good market for and then also um, could serve your current and or past Pinterest clients as well. Right. Yeah, that's a great piece of wisdom there because I think for sure it's Pinterest and SEO are so closely connected. And I think that's a good takeaway there, whereas you could easily kind of add it in, but it wasn't something that you had to learn brand new. You were already familiar with SEO and you're familiar with Pinterest, so you could add it in without this huge learning curve. So I think that's something I would probably add to that is Maybe you have this idea of you love email marketing, but you have no experience with it. You can certainly gain the experience, but it's going to be a little harder to offer the service because you're doing two things at the same time. You're learning plus you're doing for somebody else. And those are like two big friction points to be in. It would be like me saying, yes, we offer Instagram, but yet I'm learning Instagram at the same time. I feel like that would make me really terrible. Terrible marketer. <laughs> Whereas for you, you knew both at the same time. And so you were able to quickly pivot to this piece of um, adding an SEO retainer model, which, you know, all of us were like, this is so smart. This is genius. <laughs> so when you put it out there to your current clients and then even to other people, what, did you have lots of people take you up on it? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially with GA4, May and June were crazy busy with just helping people with GA4. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. It was like a daunt. It was like doomsday, especially with it that was. like clock ticking whenever you would open it up. It was like, is there any more way to build anxiety in this world right now? Mm -hmm. Let's just remove the ticker clock. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love that. I love that you made a quick decision. 
you figured out how to do it and it's able to keep your business afloat during this time. And I will say as a person who, and I think this was what made it easy for me to kind of coach you and kind of tell you about my experience was because I do have a few people that are on retainer model in my business and I love it. There's this element of it is a lower cost. It's not thousands of dollars like these people are charging, but it's a reasonable cost that I pay people anywhere between $50 to $70 an hour. And I only use them for two hours a month. If that, right? Or sometimes I'll use them for a little bit more when it comes to our designer. But what I love about it is I never have to find anybody. And I think that's the biggest hurdle when it comes to hiring somebody on a retainer or looking for somebody in general is who do I go to? But I don't have to think about it with our tech. I don't have to think about it with design. I just know I have my person out there and I'm okay that if I don't use the hours, I lose them because that peace of mind is worth it to me. So you've provided that to the people in your business and it's, it's kind of magical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Um, okay. So thank you for sharing that story with us. I know um, that even when I was talking with you during that time, it was even sparking some ideas for me and lots of different areas that I work, but I love that you took action, got started on it right away. So where can people go connect with you, watch what you're doing, and just ask you more questions if they have them? Yeah. So my website is julierenaconsulting.com. You can find me on Instagram, even though it's not my favorite, (laughs) at julierenaconsulting. Okay. Go check out Julia. She shares some great stuff. And especially if you need an SEO retainer. Go, 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 because we all need that. I feel like SEO is like a foreign language to (laughs) us all. Um, And that if anybody is thinking about what to do or they need support or anything like that, um, go ahead and DM me too on Instagram. I think Julia and I agree it's not our favorite, but it's a quick way to ask a question of people and get an answer. Or you can, of course, email me hello at kateall.com. And share with somebody else who maybe is feeling the struggle of losing clients too as well and need some inspiration or a story about pivoting and Julia's story might inspire them. And of course, if you want to leave a review too, I would love that as well. Thank you, Julia, for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story. Yeah, thanks for having me. 